Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to another HRO Today educational podcast. I'm Elliot Clark, the CEO of HRO Today. We publish HRO Today Magazine, HRO Today EMEA, and HRO Today APAC, as well as hosting the HRO Today forums held around the world, and we manage the HRO Today Association. Today, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest and longest lasting issues in the world of human resources. Each year, HR goes through the difficult and often confusing and aggravating process of workforce planning. Workforce planning is, as many of you know, a historically burning platform. In our surveys and research, very few companies feel they actually do it well. I'll come back to it in a moment, but it is one of the trends in the 2023 Corn Ferry Talent Acquisition Trends Report. Corn Ferry asserts that workforce planning and some of the advances are a trend for the year to come. So we decided it would be interesting to hear how, at least in Corn Ferry's views, things are going to get better. So we have two great guests on with us, Richard Shea, who's the managing director of search in EMEA for Corn Ferry. He's a global managing director for projects within Corn Ferry as well. He's been with the firm for 15 years and runs some of their largest and most complex global projects and works in their EMEA region. And we also have Iktamal Danishavar. Iktamal is the Vice President of Recruitment Process Outsourcing for the Middle East and Africa. Iktamal has more than 21 years experience working with some of the world's leading companies to re-engineer and reimagine their talent acquisition strategy systems and processes. She actually started her career with the Australian state government departments, working in public policy and corporate governance. Now she works at a Corn Ferry office in Dubai. So she's going to be able to bring in some perspective about how workforce planning is being done in some of the most rapidly growing economies in the world. So let me welcome Richard and Ekmal to the podcast. Welcome. Good afternoon, Elliot. Hi, Elliot. Thanks for having us. Corn Ferry, as many of you know, is one of the worldwide leaders in RPO, workforce services, consulting, retention and assessment, employee engagement. Their RPO group is ranked number one this year on the HRO Today magazine, Baker's Dozen, for recruitment process outsourcing. So I'm putting you guys on the spot. You're supposed to be the best, and we're going to have the best podcast, right? That's indeed. (laughs) All right. So, Richard, I'm going to start with you and your In the 2023 Corn Ferry Town Acquisition Trends Report, you reference workforce planning as a coming trend. And you reference a potential slowdown in global hiring, which everyone's talking about, as giving companies time to implement AI and other predictive analytics tools to improve workforce planning. So historically, everyone describes workforce planning as a burning platform. And there's lots of reasons. It's lack of technology tools, poor input from hiring managers, and the inability to predict long-term economic circumstances, and sometimes even turnover. But you guys listed as a trend. What suggests that there's a trend that is improving the process, Richard? 
you know, that's the age old question, isn't it? And I think the viewpoint we've provided is actually that employers are taking a more pragmatic approach to hiring, founded in more calculated decisions. So in today's hiring climate, it's too competitive to be reactive or to rely on luck. So supply meeting demand at the time that organisations happen to be going to market. So organisations know they need to do something. And so barriers like it's too hard or we don't have the right data or hiring managers aren't on board is no longer standing up. So they're having to tackle the bigger issues of workforce planning, that elephant in the room. And how they're looking to go about that is in a range of areas. And the first part of that is dividing up workforce planning into smaller chunks. So examples of that would be focusing purely on succession planning or demand planning or building skills taxonomies. So they're sort of looking at taking bite-sized wins at a time. So that's one issue that they're looking at. The second is tackling it in stages of maturity. So first step is sort of basic planning, perhaps linked to budgets. Next step is let's improve our data and analytics. Maybe the next step after that is, okay, let's push to an operational workforce plan that gives us one-year projections. And when they've nailed those things, then they kind of jump a little bit more into fully strategic initiatives around and fully aligning that around the whole business strategy itself. So I think HR are starting to take ownership of this. I think it's linked more to the business needs today. And then that leads us on to probably the more AI and predictive analytics that will help them make those decisions. And I think HTML's got some good experience in talking about that. Let's bring you in on this. You know, Middle East and Africa, there's a lot of investment taking place and a lot of company growth. What is changing in workforce planning in those economies? Because, you know, there you've got actually a plethora of people, but there's a lot of training and skilling that needs to take place to deploy. So how is workforce planning being done in that region and what advances are you seeing? It's changing rapidly. I've been here for 16 years and I can assure you the Excel worksheets that were being used in 2007 are vastly different to some of the technology that we're seeing today that's providing a user interface that's helping bring to life some of that workforce planning. I think what's changed here in the Middle East is that historically people wanted to come here. You would post a job, people would come. And to Richard's point about the supply meeting demand at the time the organisations go to market was very much the case. That's now not the case. And so organizations that are launching and, you know, if we have a look at Saudi Arabia, for example, there's, you know, dozens of new companies that are being launched on a monthly basis. You have to have some sort of workforce plan in place and not just workforce plans. So when we're talking about TA, also into talent management. Once we get people through the door, how do we actually retain them? Um, And I think what's changed as the Middle East has gone through its own digitization and its own transformation around technology is that they now have access to systems that will provide the hiring managers, so people outside of HR, so the functional leaders, with something that's easy to see and understand. So it's not pivot tables on Excel. We're we're putting some numbers against different projects and praying that the numbers meet. We're looking at predictive analytics. We're looking at cleaner data hygiene. So we're starting to analyze the data. People that are coming into the organization, where are they coming from? How long are they staying? Their job type. And using that predictive analytics to estimate how long they'll be in the organization and therefore that feeds into the workforce plan but the Middle East and Africa is so diverse that the maturity levels are vast. You brought up some interesting aspects of predictive analytics and modeling and how important it is in high growth economies. And I'm sure Richard would agree that it's important in a million, particularly we're looking at high inflation, potential slowdowns in hiring as banks tighten, 
credit and raise interest rates. So in the report, Corn Ferry references a few interesting facts. First, there's a reference in the report to hiring in the past, and I mentioned that in the opening, that we've seen these ups and downs. But in 2008, particularly, and again in 2021, companies overreacted to economic conditions. They cut too fast, and then they scrambled to refill jobs after quick rebounds, and it left them short-staffed. So bad planning over you know, the pendulum swung too hard in both directions. But you make a second assertion that 40% of turnover is due to staff burnout. And I found that particularly interesting. So that better deployment of staff and predictive analytics and assessments can reduce that and make it more of a predictable pattern that employers should incorporate into the workforce planning product that they're trying to give to their financial executives or their operating executives. And employee burnout is rarely factored into workforce planning models. So given that workforce planning is rarely factored in, I mean, people put in a turnover number, but they don't really think about the circumstances that lead to voluntary turnover or involuntary turnover. With the workforce planning technologies that are available today that are the subject of your trend statement, how can they ensure they're not overcutting and also make sure that they're effectively retaining their employees to reduce this you know, hard-to-predict component and a turnover. Richard, why don't we go back to you on that one? And that's a great question and part of the trends that we highlighted on the burnout piece. And I think there's a range of options open to organizations when they're talking about a flexibility around their workforce plan. And, you know, you've got the old adage that no battle strategy succeeds as soon as it contacts the enemy. And with regards to opportunities in the market, with regards to the big swings we've seen, certainly in 2021, with regards to cutting headcount and then increasing that headcount, one of the things we've seen is that whole trend between TA and TM, so that talent management, and actually managing your talent in the business. And that moves on to that whole burnout piece as well, making sure that you have enough people in enough accessible roles to be able to conduct that piece of business. But more importantly, to be able to give them access to opportunities, career pathways, taxonomies, all of those sort of things that will keep those employees engaged will keep them accessible to those opportunities in those organizations, but to also keep them in that organization for longer. So the less opportunity those employees have to look elsewhere, and the way that you can retain those employees will give you a more steady workforce to compile alongside that workforce plan. James Mala, let me go to you. Are you seeing the same kinds of trends and the growing sophistication in the approach? Absolutely. And we're also, you know, I don't want to echo everything that Richard said other than just concur with it. But what we're seeing out here is also a segmentation of the workforce plan. So you have organizations, you know, recognizing that there is a high burnout rate amongst the employees. But what they're doing is having a look at their current employee base and ring fencing what those core positions are. So what are the must-haves that an organization must protect and keep engaged because it will have an imperial effect on the organization if they were to leave. And so what we're starting to see is these different segmentations around talent management and around the workforce plan. And what we're also seeing are companies considering more agility when they're looking into the workforce plan. So we've got employees who are being burnt out, but instead of losing them, how can we reskill them into another area of the business and give them that sense of purpose that they need to remain engaged because that also has an impact on burnout. So yeah, it's very different here. It's quite interesting. We're seeing EVP as well playing more of a role into workforce planning and talent management. So across the business. I'll stay with you, Jamal, for just a moment. As you look at the future of workforce planning and 
how HR goes about addressing it. Do you think that they're not doing an effective job from HR and the hiring manager's perspective of really assessing where the employees are, whether it's through feedback processes like surveys or pulse surveys? Do you think that companies need to do more to be measuring and untapping the pressure on employees and that they sort of, I guess, have been underestimating employee burnout? You're saying 40% of turnover is due to staff burnout. How should the talent acquisition teams, which are doing the workforce planning, partner with the retention organizations? You know, Corn Ferry is particularly well positioned to have that conversation because you folks provide services in TA and learning and development and talent management. What should that partnership from a best practice perspective look like? I think when we're talking about the employee life cycle, so a hire to retire, what we need to be doing is bringing all the key players around the table. When we've had a look at workforce planning historically, it was a HR and a finance exercise that was done based on numbers and the human element behind those numbers weren't ever taken into consideration. The landscape has changed now. When we have a look at what keeps employees engaged, it's a sense of purpose. And so that purpose needs to be built into all of the conversations that organisations are having when it comes across talent acquisition life cycle. So when we're talking about workforce planning, you know, what do we have in the organization from a talent management perspective? Where do we want to go? How are we actually assessing the skills of employees and hearing from our employees to understand what skills they would want to learn? You know, the 360 surveys and the pulse surveys, are they being used effectively? Not by many organizations like that I come across with. And I don't know, Richard, whether you have a different view on that from where you sit. But with me, employee voices are still not heard And I think if we really want to change the way that we're engaging our employees, which will have a material effect on all the things that we're discussing, then they need a seat at the table when we're discussing workforce planning and talent management. Richard, what are your thoughts with respect to how TA and, you know, the other parts of HR that are involved in development and retention partner to ensure that burnout is predictable and contained? Well, I think that there's a much better link in today's organizations with regards to TA and TM. So the talent acquisition teams, the recruitment teams working alongside the HR teams. And I think leveraging all of the data they have, be that AI and, and predictive analytics, plus also historical data. And Nick Tamal mentioned it earlier as well, and really encapsulating a broader view around reskilling, upskilling their current teams as well. Part of the burnout is really around two things. One, the amount of employees you have doing a specific role or job. And then second, the amount of time that they're, they're doing that, be it daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. So you get burnouts from being understaffed and you get burnout from, you know, not having anywhere to take people into their next role. So the upskilling and reskilling part is really important because it's not so much really around sometimes the supply and demand, it's more around what you do within that organization. And I think HR have a bigger part to play in that TM piece. And then that whole piece, if you add with the technology and the predictive analytics and the voice of the employee can move forward into a more predictive workforce plan. All right, all good points. We're sort of running up on time, so we could actually continue on, and maybe we should, talking about this issue of workforce planning, how to make better, how to manage all the components of it, including, as we just discussed, employee turnover and burnout. But for those of you out there in our listening audience, there are lots of components and lots of predictive analytics that go into workforce planning. One of the problems has been that we get bad data in. I think Corn Ferry makes a point that that data is important 
improving and there are better tools out there. So you should be starting to have more effective planning as you look at your 2023 hiring and turnover models. I want to thank Richard Shea and Iqbal Danishvar from Corn Ferry. Thank you so much, folks, for taking part in the podcast. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. This is Elliot Clark. I'm signing off now, but we look forward to you joining another HRO Today educational podcast as we continue to explore the trends that are coming in 2023 and help you sort through what challenges you will face and what opportunities you have. Once again, thank you, and we'll look forward to having you on our next HRO Today educational podcast.